Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Do you love skiing, snowboarding, climbing, hiking, camping, surfing, kayaking, or mountain biking? Did you know that there are thousands of new outdoor sports startups launching each year with incredible stories and products that are revolutionizing their sports? At Ready Yeti, we are a community of outdoor sport enthusiasts that love discovering new brands and supporting the ones that make innovative, quality products and that have a drive to give back. At ReadyYeti.com, we give away products every two weeks from your soon-to-be favorite outdoor sports startups. Check out ReadyYeti.com and become a part of our daily growing outdoor sports community and be among the first to discover tomorrow's outdoor sport brands. Hello and welcome to the Ready Eddie Podcast. On today's episode, I am chatting with Bill Wanroy, the co-founder of Revision Skis. Uh, Bill, I want to take, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks. Happy to connect with you. Without a doubt. So tell me, what's your story? Where are you? You're based in Denver, Colorado with Revision, but where, where are you from and why did you start a ski company? Yeah, so I'm originally from Michigan. Um, prior to founding Revision Skis, I was a partner in another, another ski brand. Um, I had three other partners and we, we kind of got our crash course in the ski business by you know, not only trying to learn to build a brand and market it, but also building all the skis ourselves. So, um, you know, we kind of did everything from, you know, concept to production to trying to sell the shops. And ultimately it was just a huge learning experience. And um, we ended up all kind of going our separate ways, but I was able to take my learning from that experience and uh, apply it to founding revision skis and being able to follow my personal vision for a ski company. That's really interesting. So growing up in Michigan, what were you always a skier or did you sort of grow up skiing? Yeah. Skiing has always been a huge part of my life. It's been at the, you know, the forefront of my priorities. Um, basically since I was a little kid, um, growing up, I spent every moment possible skiing at a local, ski hill in Michigan called Cannonsburg in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. And I was just always super stoked to be out there from opening to close. And even though our hill was basically just a dirt hill covered in ice, is <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I, I was super hyped and I've been, I've loved skiing ever since. I mean, I logged over a hundred days there in high school, like in a season skiing at, you know, on a basically landfill type place, you know. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, since then I've just been hooked ever since. And it's taken me, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to ski around the world. And I've, I'm just totally hooked. And it's been, you know, my passion in life. It's like the one thing that has always been a constant that always just gets me so excited. And I just love it. Oh, I totally know what you mean. I'm the, I'm the exact same way. I uh, first I learned how to ski at Wyndham in upstate New York, and it's it's very similar. It's while it might not be a garbage dump, <laughs> it's uh, definitely a block of ice most days out of the year. So if you can enjoy skiing there and you love it, you'll love it anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
No, that's cool. So what did you do before your involvement with um, ski companies? What did you did you do anything before like uh, professionally? What what was your career path? Yeah, sure. Um, I've in college I studied business and then um, went to graduate school for information systems. I've had uh, as far as like professional career, I started in pharmaceutical sales and then ended up in um, medical software consulting, like electronic medical records. Um, so I've had kind of a varied career that's gone from sales to technical. Um, I feel like it's given me a really well-rounded um, perspective and you know, I've gotten exposure to a lot of different sides of just business in general. And I, I think it's given me kind of a unique perspective when I tie it all in with my skiing um, experience as well. So That's really interesting. So going back to revision skis, I know one of the aspects that differentiates you guys from most other ski brands is your warranty program and how expansive it is, specifically talking about the fact that you guys cover rail damage, which most brands don't. So I, I guess my question is, how are you guys able to do that when most brands aren't? Yeah, I mean, it's been twofold for the reasons. One is we've been able to focus heavily on quality. Um, we've felt really strongly about the quality of our product and want to stand behind it for our customers. And the second thing is, is that if you look at the ski industry for ever since the uh, um, invent of twin tips, basically, uh, they've been marketed for skiers that are hitting park and rails, yet basically every big company is excluding that type of damage um, from their warranty program. So um, we just didn't feel comfortable launching a ski brand, marketing it towards park-oriented skiers, and then excluding them from our warranty for doing what we're marketing our skis to be used for. So um, it seemed like the right thing to do, and we have a quality product that we can stand behind. So that's kind of the the background on why we've taken that, you know, that route and that opinion on the warranty program. That's really cool. And I think that is definitely something that makes you stand out from a lot of the brands. Cause I, myself having ski, I remember I bought a pair of Elan. What were they like Magfire 14s? Like uh, a long time when I was in high school and I, I was riding them for a couple of days and I, um, I was, uh, I hit a rock and I ripped out one of my edges and they wouldn't replace it. <laughs> it was like the fourth day yep. that I had the skis. <laughs> and I was just like, are you kidding me guys? Like uh, four days, four days. And you're going to tell like, they were like 800 bucks too. It was, yeah, it, I never bought a pair of Elans ever again. <laughs> so you guys have been in business for, uh, since 2014. So you're coming into your third season, right? Correct. Thursdays. Okay. Yep. So when you guys first launched, you launched with, I think it was two models and you're very focused on, on sort of the, the park skier slash free ride. Correct. Correct. Yeah. We came out with the talisman model in a couple different sizes. Then we had our subtraction powder skis and, in only one size, uh, 186. And that's what we launched with in August of 2014. So that's really, that's really cool. Now what, what, what kind of process went through actually developing these models? Where did they? Where did your ideas come from, and how did you land on? Because I now you guys now offer five models on 
on Revision's site, and two of them are free skier editor picks. So what what was that process like? Yeah, so the winter before um, our, our company launch in August 2014, we tested different ski designs while also testing different factories at the same time. So we we had a variety of samples made from three different factories, and we um, just tested, you know, a few different park shapes, a few different powder shapes, got those in the hands of um, some skiers that we partnered up with out west. Um, I also had some links with a uh, cat skiing operation in Fernie, British Columbia, called Fernie Wilderness Adventures. Um, we had their guides helping us to test powder ski shapes as well. Um, through that process, we were able to refine our designs. Um, we did multiple iterations and, you know, like you said, we've, it took, it took a lot of work to, cause we basically were searching for the right shapes of our skis while also looking for the right manufacturing partner at the same time. But we feel like it kind of all came together and, and that's been evidenced by us winning, you know, multiple free skier magazine editor picks award, as well as we want to a blister recommended award from blister gear review and and really all the awards we've won are off of those two original models and we're we've got three new models that we've rolled out since then that we're really working to promote and get into reviewers hands now so that we can kind of get some more exposure to those models as well but um it was quite the process but we feel like we've gotten it uh pretty pretty well ironed out for the future to as far as product design and and how to go about it. So it's been a learning experience for sure. Without a doubt. So being such a young company, how did you guys get on the radar free skier, blister gear review to even have them be reviewed by them, let alone obviously being picked? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's really just a lot of outreach. Um, I've been, luckily I had a few connections from previous experiences. Um, as far as like at free skier, I had known one of the guys from, you know, just uh, skiing stuff in the past. So I was able to have a little bit of an in there to get at least their foot in the door to talk to them and, and really just working the phones and knocking on doors and talking to people and getting them to try our products. Um, I think it's, there's a lot of new ski companies every day. It feels like, and I think the the biggest thing that makes you stand out is the people behind it and, and just working and, you know, not taking no for an answer type thing. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think that's that's great advice, especially when you're passionate about it. When you're passionate about it, it's easy to be, to pound the phones like you're saying and really just get out there and share it with everyone. Um, what would you say, you've mentioned a few things that obviously differentiate Revision from other ski companies out there, but what is something that might not be very apparent or obvious uh, in face value about your company, something that's unique or your business um, or you specifically that makes you really different in your, in, in the ski industry. I mean, I think, you know, in addition to our um, sustainability practices and in our warranty program that I touched on already, I think one of the biggest things that makes us really stand out and that um, we aren't, that we're different than most companies is we're really focused to a direct to consumer model. Um, I think that was one of the, 
the things when we were doing our initial business planning that we kind of, you know, struggled with a little bit. In our first year, we sold a few skis to different shops because we had interest and we just wanted to make a sale. But really, we've we've gone full in, you know, all in on not selling to retail at all. Um, we believe that the future is for us is direct to consumer and that we can be much more responsive to our customers and have a much more personal relationship with them than we would if we were, you know, trying to sales rep our products around the different shops and, and being more tied to their sales cycles and, and that type of thing. And it's been a challenge to fully cut the cord on, on, um, the retail model, like even though we don't feel like we're participating, we find ourselves still being influenced by it. And we've been trying to detach ourselves from that as much as possible so we can have as much freedom to do things exactly how we want without being influenced by what the industry is doing. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. And to the listener that isn't completely familiar with the model, but a lot of industries and specifically snow sports it's very, you know, you, you create your product, you go to a big trade show like SIA and you try and get shops to basically place orders for the season and you sell your product at a pretty, well, a lower, a much lower mar- um, price point so that they can then mark, mark it up and then that's the price that you would see in the ski shop. Um, but I, I think that's really interesting. So I guess my question following up to that is how do you get people comfortable with your product especially if they've never seen it before or ridden it uh been on it before um how do you sort of bridge that gap yeah i mean i think that that's been one of the hardest things about starting the business is to be a brand new brand trying to be direct to consumer sell product to people that haven't touched your skis or seen them in person um the ways that we've tried to address that is we've gone you know heavily on sponsoring riders and like the first couple years we were flowing a lot of skis to a lot of riders and the you know the hot spots like summit county and um salt lake city area and that type of stuff to really get our skis under people's feet have people see them on the chairlifts get comfortable with them be able to ask people questions we feel like that helped a lot um Mainly, we our growth has been through word of mouth, um, just recommendations from people that have bought a pair or their friend bought a pair type thing. And that's been really huge for us. But really, I mean, I think the biggest thing is trying to figure out how to efficiently reach our customers through the Internet. And that's, you know, it's been something that we've really had to make it our business to learn you know, search engine optimization, social media marketing, email marketing, online advertising, um, pulling all that stuff together where we're constantly trying to educate consumers about our products. Because if you're selling in a ski shop, you've got the the guy on the shop floor who's selling skis and he's going to educate the consumer about your brand. But that is the the hard part about being a a direct-to-consumer brand is you don't have that um, advocate in the ski shop selling for you. So we've had to find ways to kind of online automate our selling process and get people educated um, through all the different channels available to us. So 
it's been a big learning experience for sure, but um, we feel like we're getting a grasp of it now, and it's been, you know, evidenced by a lot of a lot of the growth that we've seen. Yeah, no, I think another thing that um, benefit as a result of this is the consumer gets the product cheaper, right? Right. Your your yep. skis are way less expensive than a lot of the product you'll see in ski shops, and probably even better quality. <laughs> you know, like exactly. Like yeah, we don't have to worry about like we're we don't have to worry about covering all the markup and all that kind of stuff. So we can pass on those savings directly to the consumer. Yeah, which I which I think is a great move, and and a lot of brands you're definitely going to see this starting to happen more often in the future. Um, no, that's really interesting. So throughout this process, you've talked about the fact that you were involved in a in a past ski company. What? What mentors have you had along this journey that have gotten you where you are now with uh, revision? Um, you know, I've had some really great mentors that were not ski business related. Um, but I think like as far as within the ski industry, um, when we were building our own skis, I, I really had to learn the hard way. I didn't have any, there's nobody, there's a few people that you could re- reach out to and they give you a few, a little bit of limited information, but nobody would tell you the type of, um, things you really needed to know, like, mar- you know, what type of margins to expect and how to price skis to different companies. And, and really like, I would say that my biggest way of learning that was not through directly through a mentor, but more through, um, just really good detective work. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Basically, you gotta, you have to be scrappy, and um, it took a lot of figuring out um, whether it's how to bend edges to skis or how to like sell to an international distributor and what the pricing should look like, and and all that kind of stuff. Or so I think a lot of that stuff we just had to figure out through trial and error, or um, just a lot of digging, deep, deep digging and being creative. So, Oh, I totally know what you mean. Uh, as being a past ski builder, <laughs> going through that process of sort of figuring out how to do it, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, I'm just one. Yeah, you can go to, you well, can go to ski builders.com or whatever, yeah. but it's like, they don't tell you all the missing pieces, you know, exactly. Type. Like when you said bending edges, like that jumped, a memory jumped into my mind of when we were trying to figure out how to do that. Um, especially if you do like a full wrap on your skis. Um, it, it's just, it's funny. It, that all the little intricacies that you don't really know about until you jump headfirst into something, whether it's building skis or whatever. Yeah. And that's the same thing for the, the sales process. And we you know, we were trying to follow the, the retail model and trying to figure out how everyone else is doing it as was just as challenging as trying to figure out how to flame treat all your materials efficiently. You know, there's just a lot of, it was a big learning experience. I mean, we just basically had to figure it out on our own and, and be scrappy and, and really just dig deep and sort through it. And we made a lot of mistakes, but we learned a lot too. Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm sure the whole sustainability aspect came into it, which really leads into my next question of yeah, obviously what your commitment to it is and 
I know that's something that's a big aspect um, about your business. And I'm sure when you went through sort of the building process, you realized how much waste each ski really does create and what that looks like when you combine it at the end of the year. So I'd love to hear sort of more about what you guys are doing and sort of why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, like I mentioned before, skiing is just such a huge part of my life and I've been able to pass on on that passion to my um, children already, even at a young age, they just absolutely love it. And I think that everybody needs to be trying to do their part to, as far as climate change goes. And, um, we've made it a really big man. Um, sustainable manufacturing has been a huge priority for revision skis. Um, we've made the commitment to be a hundred percent carbon neutral. Um, we're always trying to be more efficient in our production, but we're definitely, um, for every pair of skis we're selling, we're offsetting our carbon footprint footprint through the carbon fund. Um, and I think it's really important to, I think that's really just one of the first steps where we can take and it's, we're viewing it as, you know, a journey and trying to be as best as we can as far, cause I mean, making skis and skiing is not good for the environment, but it's something we do to enjoy the environment and anything we can do to, to really help the earth and try to like limit our, our footprint is going to be a focus of ours. Um, also like the largest resource that we use in our skis is the wood core and, We've been working hard with our suppliers to make sure that all of our wood is sourced from Forest Stewardship Council certified forests. Um, that's like the the main international certification that um, shows that your wood is coming from, you know, an, an environmental and social um, sourcing place. So, like, basically, we're we're just trying to. I would say our process is we're at the beginning of it, and we're trying to step it up every year to be as, you know, as good to the earth and have as little negative impact as possible. I think that's great. So to someone who doesn't really know what carbon neutral means, what exactly are you doing differently, so to speak? I mean, at this point, we're, we're trying to um, change our manufacturing process to cut down on our waste, but that is a little bit of a challenge because we are, we're having, you know, a different factory build our products for us. So um, it's a little bit of a challenge to have full control over um, the process. And it takes a little bit more time to, to do things differently and eliminate, you know, how much plastic we're, you know, throwing away and scrapping and um, that type of thing. But we're making sure that we, get that stuff recycled. Um, but really it's in order to be carbon neutral, we're just, we're basically buying carbon offsets from the carbon fund in order to offset any of the impact from our production. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So going off of that, obviously sustainability has a lot to do with the business's culture. What, what sort of culture exists around revision skis? I know it's you and you have a co-founder and you've got a few part-time guys, but what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, the, the basic culture that we've tried to build revision skis around is um, we're basing it all on creativity, you know, having fun, 
taking risks and really doing things our own way. We're not trying to follow the crowd and follow the processes and the timelines that the rest of the industry is doing. Um, it's funny cause like you feel that's a big part of what we're doing, but sometimes you feel like you fall into the trap of just kind of going along with the herd as far as like sales cycles go and that kind of stuff. But we're really, we're really trying to just kind of go to the beat of our own drummer. Um, whether it's, you know, like how we manage our inventory to when we run sales and when we do things. Um, we're trying to really promote our culture by partnering with like-minded individuals. Um, we've had some great athletes that I think have really, uh, you know, promoted our viewpoint on creativity and, and having fun and just, and just kind of doing things their own way. Um, an example of that would be like our sponsorship with the guys from the bunch. Like they're probably one of the most creative ski crews in the industry. And, um, we feel like they've really matched up well with our vision for skiing. Um, you know, we regularly are coming up with new ideas and brainstorming on how we can improve our products and our processes. So we can be creative not only about the type of skiing that we're supporting, but also the type of skis that we're producing and kind of where we see trends going in the future, kind of uh, ahead of the rest of the crowd. So, Yeah, no, I think that, that brings up a cool point, especially partnering with ski crews like The Bunch. I know that you guys have a pretty large media presence, and that's sort of how you get a lot of the exposure out. Um, that must be sort of fun to work on, especially seeing all of the cool um, pieces that are coming out of, out of as a result of that. Um, I assume that's uh, generated quite a bit of buzz for you guys, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've had some, we've had some really good partnerships with um, not only the bunch, but level one productions as well. We've right. been, um, you know, Sandy Beauville is one of our first riders and he's been, I don't know, in the last three or four of their movies. And, and that's been really awesome for us as well. Um, we've had some, you know, some great backcountry skiing that we've been supporting like Mike King and, and also like the guides at Fernie wilderness adventures. So we've had a lot of, a lot of creative people that we've been blessed to work with. And I think that it's been a really a win-win situation for them too, as a, they've been able to have a lot of, direct impact and know you know know that their ideas matter and that they've been able to kind of help shape the brand and not just be someone wearing our skis but actually a a resource that has a vested interest in in our growth and and where our product is going yeah yeah have do you ever get to go out and ski with those guys <laughs> yeah for sure not as much as i would like to but yeah I'd, you know we we definitely make a point of it that's awesome. Very jealous. Um, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about uh, starting revision skis? Yeah, I think um, one of the hardest parts has been, I think I touched on a little bit earlier, it's kind of how to efficiently reach customers um, in like a sustainable way where it's like you're not just spending a bunch of money on like an advertisement and then hoping it works and then 
being like, okay, that didn't work. Like building systems basically to to be able to reach people on a consistent basis, and you know, we've been focusing heavily on you know getting our our website in a way where we're putting out solid content that drives traffic every day through Google searches type thing, and then you know linking, getting those people to follow us on social media or email lists, and then using that as a way to to kind of educate them on the brand. So I think it's that's probably been the hardest part. And I think, you know, the other, one of the other really challenging things has been just kind of the logistics side of things and, and building, building out repeatable systems that, you know, trying to build efficiencies into the business model and in repeatable processes so that we can be more efficient be better for our customers and, and just take a, I don't know, have a better approach at seeing what works and doing testing and that kind of stuff and, and just continually improving the the company. I think when we when we launched the company, we were just more testing an idea and seeing if people would buy skis and then people really were interested and loved our product and then it was kind of a okay, how do we grow this thing in in a manageable way and as you grow, how do you not let that growth bog you down and and cause because it just presents a whole other set of issues. So it's really been reaching people and being efficient about it. Yeah, um, that, that's a great point. Um, talking about the repeatable processes, uh, I'm totally going through this right now with my business, <laughs> trying to <laughs> automate as much as possible. Because as as you grow, you take on so much more, and obviously you're. There's a time for bringing on new people in on your team, but there's also a time to sort of make what you're doing now more efficient so that you yourself can do so much more, right? Exactly. Uh, which is key and sort of hitting that sort of sweet spot so that you can, like, you know, the e-myth principle um, of just making as many repeatable processes so you're producing quality every time that you do it. Um it's something we're, we're totally working on, and I totally get <laughs> how difficult it can be. Yeah, it's a never-ending process, that's oh, for sure. Is. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's tedious as hell. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, it's like, I wish, why didn't they teach me this in school? Like, <laughs> come exactly. on, guys. <laughs> um, all right, so what would you say is you one of your biggest fears with revision and how, how do you manage it? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest fear that I have is, you know, someone, I guess, placing an order and not being happy with our product. Like that's something we've really worked hard to prevent. And, um, the last thing we want happening is people, the wrong people buying our skis, um, not being, like we want to reach the right customers so that they know what they're buying because they're buying it kind of sight unseen a lot of times and making sure that when they get that box with their skis on their doorstep that they open it up and they're super hyped, you know, that they're really excited. Um, and I, you know, I think like that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I would fear is that people, don't really know what they're getting into and then are unhappy type thing. So we've done a really, we've made it a big focus to, you know, understand that customers are 
basically the lifeblood of our business. Um, and we really want to interact with them directly, provide a personal experience to make sure that they understand our skis and the shapes and what type of, you know, how they're going to ride and doing that through reviews and descriptions and through media um, so that they kind of know what they're signing up for beforehand and we don't have to worry about someone having buyer's remorse. Oh, yeah. I think that that brings up such a good point of making sure that you're, target, you're, you're targeting the right people because, like you said, the last thing you want is someone who's unhappy with your product. Um, what would you say has been one of the biggest mistakes you guys have made with revision? Yeah, I think the the biggest mistake we made was when we launched a brand, we, you know, it kind of ties back into like the repeatable process type stuff. We just kind of, um, we just dove right into it and we didn't really document um, right when we started. So I think it's taken, if we would have been more, I don't know if we would have had more focus on that before we launched, launch, like just building out processes ahead of time and then launch and then just be modifying them over time. We would have been much farther ahead because I think that we probably the whole first year, I don't think we followed any sort of repeatable processes. I think some things were great. Some things didn't, we didn't document what were really at all. And I feel like we lost a lot of time on that, that we could have just, we could be farther ahead than we are now if we would have just been a little bit smarter about that. Um, but there were so many things going on that it was kind of hard to, to know how much focus to put where, but I think that that's been probably the biggest mistake where we would have probably grown even more at this point, if we would have just from day one, be doing everything process oriented and documenting better. Yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> yep, exactly. Always, you look back, you're like, wow, I should have done this different. I should have done this different. Why did I even think about doing that? <laughs> exactly. Um, so where, where did the name, Where did, how did you guys come up with Revision as the name? Yeah, so the name Revision Skis is basically because, um, you know, I kind of got my start in the ski industry working on this other ski brand that I had founded with three other guys. And um, I think we all learned a ton from the experience. And I felt like I walked away from that experience knowing exactly how I wanted a ski brand, my own ski brand to be and what our focus to be. And basically I was revising my view of how to run a ski company. No, it's interesting. I always love hearing how people name their businesses because I feel like more often than not there's always an interesting story <laughs> always, <Yep. laughs> always. Um, cool so what advice would you give to someone that is looking to start a business in the outdoor sport world um, I mean I think the the biggest piece of advice that I would have is just to make sure you're you're working on something that you are totally passionate about because you can have the greatest city in the world. But if you're not, if it doesn't wake you up in the middle of the night because you're thinking about it and you're so excited and you're brainstorming in your sleep and you can barely sleep because you love it so much, you probably shouldn't be doing it because it's a ton of work and 
you've got to be extremely passionate and totally stoked about whatever it is you're working on. Um, in addition to that, you probably need to have some sort of a unique idea that you bring to the table and you just got to expect that it's going to be a lot of hard work. You're going to hear lots of people telling you a lot of different reasons why you're not going to succeed. And you need to basically just work really hard, have a lot of passion, meet an unmet need and filter, filter out the noise that you're, that you're hearing and just focus on what you need to do to get your idea off the ground. And you got to be committed because there's going to be bumps in the road. That's such great advice. And I totally agree with that because I, I've had so many people, friends be like, Hey, we should start a business around this. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like I'm not that, not that it doesn't like overly excite me. And then I think about Reddy Yeti and the outdoor industry and just being outside and skiing and hiking and climbing all that. And I'm just like, yes, 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 I'm in. <laughs> exactly. You need that passion. You need that excitement because when it sucks, because starting a business has its moments where it sucks, especially in the beginning. A lot of the time when you're trying to validate it, trying to build that following, make those sales and build your brand so you can quit whatever job you're doing, you know, it it's, can be exhausting and it's an emotional roller coaster and you've got to have that sort of fortitude <laughs> to get through it. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a very hard thing. And it's not for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. Where do you see revision going in the next year, five years, ten years? Um, well, I guess I don't I don't know about the next five to ten years. <laughs> but uh like in the next year I think we're really focused on um, improving our order fulfillment process and our inventory forecasting. I think that those are two areas that we have a lot of area for improvement and those will be great for the consumer. Um, our customers have been amazing, but I think, you know, like we've been, we've had some inefficiencies in fulfilling orders. Like we've tried, you know, at first we were packing them all ourselves and then that became where we couldn't keep up. So then we tried to utilize um, fulfillment by Amazon and then they're really, it worked okay, but then their, their focus is definitely more on smaller, non oversized type products. So we ran into right. like a lot of issues with how they packaged our products and, and it became just not a very good experience. So we've moved, we've moved to a new warehouse and, Aurora, Colorado, and um, they're focused on the outdoor industry. You know, there's just, you know, three other brands in there with us. We can talk to someone on us, you know, get them on their cell phone immediately. Like we're integrating our website with that. Um, within the next year, we'll basically have it all fully integrated where any order we receive by 12 p.m. Mountain Time will be shipped out the same day. Um, like clockwork. So we're really excited about that. Um, also, I think one of the, probably the areas where we've been lacking has been just kind of our inventory forecasting. Cause it's been, you know, this is just our third model year. It's been pretty experimental and hard to calculate demand. So we're working really hard on that in order to, to make it so we don't have, we're not, we're, we're not facing the issues that we've had in the past where a customer wants to buy a product and we don't have it in stock. That's been um, an issue that we've faced. So I think like in the next year, those are our, 
two big focus things that we think are going to make the customer experience much better. Um, just knowing you place an order in the morning and they go out the same day. And when you want to buy a pair of skis, the size and the variation you want is in stock and ready to go. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a great point specifically about offering a product like that. Inventory management is a very hard thing to stay on top of, especially when you're a young company. You don't really have much um, data to go off of. Right. Um, how many, how many, pro- how many uh, skis are you guys moving a year? Um, I mean, I don't know if I want to get into specific numbers of, of skis, but I would say, you know, the, we've grown like the first two years, we like from year one to year two, we grew over 50%. We're on track to grow more than that. Um, it's, I would say that we're still a very, very small company, um, but we're, we feel comfortable about our growth and we're trying to grow in a way that's um, sustainable and, and, you know, not trying to grow too fast, but also trying to ride the wave as well. That's awesome. What would you say is the best part about running revision? Um, the the best part about running revision is definitely just connecting with our customers. Um, you know, it's really it feels great when you're, you know, like when you love skiing and you've got a ski company and you're providing skis to a group of skiers that are some of the most passionate in the industry. Like our our following, I feel like is really really specialized and definitely like the core of the industry they love what we're doing and they're so supportive and i think that that's probably been the the best part is just through our products we've been able to you know genuinely get people stoked on even more stoked on skiing than they are and make a lot of friends in the process that's awesome and if uh people want to learn more about revision where can they where can they check you guys out yeah, revisionskis.com is probably the, the best place to start. And then we link out to all of our social media from there. But most of our usernames are just revision skis, you know, across. We got Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you whatever you like to use, we're on there. So Nice. And your, your video channels on Vimeo or YouTube? Uh, we have a channel on both. Awesome. And we're kind of doing few different content things on the channels so they're not really totally overlapping that's awesome so for the listener if you guys want to enter for a chance to win a pair of revision skis coupled with uh seven cases of bearded brother bars you can head over to readyeddy.com contest the giveaway is live right now you can enter and you can gain a ton of entries by sharing it with friends and getting them to also enter and just helping spread the word about revision um so with that uh, bill i want to thank you for taking the time to uh, chat with me thanks josh hey ready any podcast listeners if you enjoyed today's episode then i would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to itunes and leave us a quick review this really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself and if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode then please share it along Well, that wraps up this episode of the Red Yeti Podcast. I'll catch you next week.